This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the podcast. This is Where Did You Get This Number? I am Anthony Salvato, and this episode's big number is six. We will explain it in a moment. Then we will head to Des Moines, Iowa, and get the latest from our CBS News campaign reporters there, watching everything that's going on in the 2020 race. But first... This is your top line. When I'm president, the United States in the world will not just be one more country scrapping for advantage like all the others. We will restore U.S. leadership and credibility before it is too late. We need to expand legal immigration, a pathway to citizenship for the people who are here and stop the crisis at the border. Here's a rundown of what's happening in the polling. In our CBS News Battleground Tracker poll just out across the early states, Elizabeth Warren has extended her lead from earlier this fall. She is up 31 to 25 percent over Joe Biden. That is where that six comes from, with Bernie Sanders behind them at 17 percent. You look state by state in Iowa. Warren has now pulled even with Biden at 22 percent apiece. Bernie Sanders just back of that at 21 percent. You look in New Hampshire, Warren has extended her lead. She is now up 32 percent to 24 percent over Biden. And in South Carolina, Joe Biden keeps his big lead. He has been leading in South Carolina since we started tracking that state. Now, you look at one data point that stood out for me behind Warren's continued success. We ask of each candidate, would they fight for people like you? 60% of Democratic voters felt that Elizabeth Warren would fight a great deal for people like them. 61% said that of Bernie Sanders. But on that measure, Joe Biden trails the both of them, 39% describing Joe Biden as fighting a great deal for people like them. That's just one data point, but we are going to go on the ground and hear from the folks who are going to the rallies, hearing the candidate speeches, hearing from what voters say after they hear those speeches. And we'll be back in a minute with our CBS News campaign reporters. I am delighted right out of the gate here on the podcast to be joined by Musadik Badar, who is our CBS News campaign reporter there in Iowa. He is on the ground in Des Moines, Masadik, how are you? I'm doing great, Anthony. Thank you for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. So let me get right to this. We just did a battleground tracker poll. We noted that Elizabeth Warren was doing well. We'll get to that in a moment. But I want to ask you about Mayor Pete, because even though he is in fourth place, he's had a lot of movement since our last poll. He's doubled his support. And I'm wondering, you there on the ground, Are you seeing him hold more events, get bigger crowds at his events? What's going on? Well, he's definitely getting bigger crowds. Uh, Just a few days ago here in Des Moines, he had 300 people here at a high school. Uh, A few weeks ago before that in Iowa City, I was with him and there was a crowd of about 500 people 
And he's also holding more events. Uh, between August and September, Mayor Buttigieg held 31 events across Iowa. He spent 12 days here, uh, and he's bringing on more staff. So all those things combined, uh, it definitely makes sense that we're seeing him uh, rise up in the polls. So you go to these events, and I imagine you bring your camera, you bring your mic, you've got your CBS credential. You approach these folks who are sitting there listening to him, right? You, you ask them what, they're, what, what it's all about for them. Absolutely. Uh, what I try to do when I get to these events is I'll speak with a few voters beforehand, and then I'll try to follow up with uh, some of the same people afterwards. Specifically, when we're asking about candidates, it's always uh, interesting for me to ask them about that candidate before and then afterwards to see if anything changed. Uh, a lot of voters here are still undecided and they're still shopping around. Uh, and I like hearing if a speech a candidate makes turns out to be a difference maker for a voter. So what is it that they tell you? What is it that, that they tell you they liked about what they heard? With, when it comes to Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, a lot of people love that I've spoken with that he is very eloquent. And one thing that pr people bring up is he explains specifically controversies about himself, things that they may not like about him. He explains it in a way that they can understand and put themselves in his shoes and say, well, I guess I would have made that decision too. He energizes people. And then the other word that I hear a lot when I ask voters about Mayor Buttigieg is inspirational. He inspires them and he makes them want to get involved. He makes them want to turn out. They point to him as someone who uh, may not have been on the political scene for a long time compared to the other candidates. They point to his age factor. Uh, I've spoken with a lot of uh, senior voters here in Iowa in their 70s who are retired, and they say they want somebody young. They want somebody who can energize younger voters to get involved. So let me ask you about Elizabeth Warren, who's also, as I mentioned, also doing well there in Iowa of late. Is it a similar dynamic at her events or when you go to hear her and listen to the voters who are going to hear her, do they tell you the same things or do they tell you a different set of criteria that they're looking for as compared to uh, to Mayor Pete? Well, for Elizabeth Warren, what I'm hearing is it's the message, the message that she's putting out about helping all kinds of Americans. What's interesting about Senator Warren is she actually hasn't spent a lot of time in Iowa, but she is still steadily rising up in the polls. She staffed up early before everybody was on the ground before everybody. So she doesn't have to be here a lot because her team is so well prepared that they are able to capture that that message and capture that support for her. Tell me about the voters that you talk to there and if they feel a certain special responsibility in evaluating these candidates, if they talk about the way in which they judge these ca candidates, if they feel like they're sort of carrying a lot of a lot of weight as they as they do that. Yeah, they definitely feel that responsibility. And the interesting thing about Iowa is that oftentimes it, the issues that are important to voters here is a snapshot of what's going on in other places around the country. Mm -hmm. Everybody I speak with here brings up healthcare as the most important issue. Uh, and even in our battleground tracker poll, 87% of uh, those who polled said that uh, a candidate's position on healthcare will be very important to them. The other thing that I have been uh, noticing in Iowa is 
some of the voters at these town halls will ask questions from candidates that I want to ask. And oftentimes we don't get that opportunity. So I'm always very pleased when a voter asks because the candidate can't hide away from them. They have to answer that question. Give me, give me an example. Give me an example of a question they've asked. So uh, a few months ago, I was uh, in Davenport. I met a man who had worked at John Deere for over 30 years. And just after he retired, he had a stroke. He was in recovery and he was doing therapy when his wife had a heart attack. Between the two of them, he said that they're both taking 30 different pills a day. They are becoming burdened by that cost. And this man asked... Why is it that he's paying so much for these prescription drugs? Why is it that uh, the United States federal government isn't able to negotiate prices? And when he put it that way, you can ask those questions, but it makes a lot of a difference for a candidate when they hear that kind of personal story. These are these personal issues, what they call the kitchen table issues. And, you know, following on that, how has impeachment and the impeachment debate reshape this race, if any. And I bring it up because that ranks far lower than the issues you've raised. It ranks lower than health care, lower than climate change, other things that Democrats have said are important to them. But are voters out there still demanding that the candidates they're hearing from address it at least? You know, that that poll is a, is a very accurate snapshot of what I'm hearing from voters and what I'm hearing at town halls when candidates are there. Uh, even during the summer months, it wasn't something that was coming up a lot. And now that it's in the news, even at the town halls and, and at the different events candidates are holding, it doesn't it doesn't come up. It's not part of the questions because folks are worried about how they're going to get through the end of the month. They're worried about their health care costs. They're worried about climate change. They're worried about gun violence. Now, that doesn't mean they don't care about this. A lot of folks will often ask about the role President Trump has played in reshaping uh, American democracy. They bring him up in terms of corruption and in terms of reshaping America's standing in the world. So it is something that voters are concerned about, but they also want to hear candidates do two things at once. They want them to address this impeachment inquiry because you just can't go a whole day without talking about it. But they also want candidates to address the issues that matter to them. Musadiq Badar, CBS News campaign reporter there on the ground in Iowa. We will talk more. There's a long way to go. And this is fascinating. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, I appreciate you having me on and uh, giving me a chance to talk about Iowa. This has been a lot of fun. In that latest CBS News Battleground Tracker poll, we asked Democrats about the president's assertions against Joe Biden, Biden's son Hunter, and Ukraine. Well, perhaps not surprisingly, Democrats told us they didn't think these were true. They didn't think it had any effect. But we asked them to gauge Joe Biden's response back to President Trump. And on that, they told us they were more somewhat satisfied with Biden's response than very satisfied with Biden's response. Now, let me make something clear to Mr. Trump and his hatchet men and the special interest funding his attacks against me. I'm not going anywhere. And we also asked, how well would each of these candidates handle President Trump's attacks and political criticism were they to become the nominee? Surely it will be a rough and tumble campaign and there'll be barbs being traded on both sides. Well, 
50 percent of Democrats told us they felt that Joe Biden would handle President Trump's attacks very well. 60 percent told us they felt Bernie Sanders would handle President Trump's attacks very well. And 65 percent said they thought Elizabeth Warren would handle President Trump's attacks very well. So it was Elizabeth Warren who did well on that measure. Now, we've been talking throughout this campaign about the idea of electability, the idea of someone Democrats believe could go on to defeat President Trump. Well, we often talk about it in terms of which demographic groups, which swing voters a candidate may or may not be able to pull. But this is a reminder, too, that electability in the minds of a lot of voters is also about how a candidate would handle the back and forth, probably very tough back and forth, of a campaign. We'll be back in a moment with more from Des Moines and from our campaign reporter, Bo Erickson. Delighted to be joined by Bo Erickson, road warrior, campaign reporter for CBS News. Bo, uh, I believe it is Des Moines you are in, and uh, but headed out, right? You're squeezing us in before you catch a flight, right? Yes, beautiful, chilly Des Moines morning here heading to uh, Ohio uh, right after this to go to the debate for tomorrow. Now, we just did a poll that showed that voters felt Biden's response to the president and the president's assertions about Biden and his son in Ukraine, that folks felt Biden's response was somewhat but not very satisfactory to them and that they rated Biden a little bit lower, actually lower than Warren, on ability to handle attacks from the president. And I'm wondering if the Biden campaign in your reporting has seen any similar numbers within their own polling or felt on the ground like they had to get more aggressive in their response toward Trump. You know, Joe Biden's whole campaign premise is that President Trump is so incompetent and maybe even a danger to the country that he decided to run for president. You know, he said that really impactful moment this summer when he said that President Trump was even emboldening white supremacy. So he is trying to take this aggressive approach to President Trump sometimes. So for the last 23 days, it's been when the first reports of President Trump's call to Ukraine asking them to investigate Joe Biden and his son Hunter, it seemed that this would add into the narrative of Biden versus Trump. And maybe this very forceful approach would come through. They started this new slogan, and it is Joe Biden is going to beat Donald Trump like a drum. Joe Biden repeats that constantly. It has become a new rallying cry for the campaign. But what was interesting for me to see, as I've been almost with him every day for the past 23 days, wherever he goes, is that this rollout has maybe been a little slower in, in reality than some, some people may have thought. Nonetheless, the campaign has opted to go for um, some bigger response moments. Sometimes he re- he responds directly to President Trump in a gaggle, but they've tried to address these claims head on in a few speeches. His first major response was actually 13 days after the first reports in a Reno speech when he declared that the abuse of power is the defining characteristic of the Trump presidency. And in that speech, that's where we heard Joe Biden tell both President Trump and his Democratic rivals that he is not going anywhere. So, Bo, when you talk to the campaign, Is there a sense that they have to balance between the presentation they're making as we're the calm choice, we're the moderate choice 
almost running in a general election against Donald Trump and trying to capture or harness that kind of more more passionate, for lack of a better word, or more active part of the Democratic base, which wants more of that that fervency, it seems. So that's definitely the goal, of course. They want to present themselves and continue to try to build on this electability message. They want to put out a clear contrast, no matter where Joe Biden is speaking in the country, that if you did a split screen between Donald Trump saying things on the South Lawn of the White House or tweeting in the morning and then Joe Biden, what they view as a prim and proper and a former vice president who is willing to take the reins of the country, that's the goal. You're off to the debate. When you get there, what is it that you're going to ask the campaign and find out how do they deal with Elizabeth Warren, if at all? How do they approach the idea that she's at least neck and neck, if not really ahead of him uh, among Democrats? Yeah, well, they're they're definitely not telling me the playbook because I've already asked. But some <laughs> you got to keep asking. Already man. have is that <laughs> he he told donors last week that he thought he needed to be more aggressive in striking contrast between him and his rivals on stage. That kind of surprised me because if you remember last debate, he actually started off specifically calling out by name first Elizabeth Warren and then Bernie Sanders for their health care plans. They support Medicare for all or, or versions of them. Elizabeth Warren, she says she supports Bernie's plan, as you know, but she won't say directly how paying for this health care plan would affect middle class taxes. And my reporting says that this is a question that Joe Biden really thinks it's important to get an answer on because he's noted on the debate stage and he notes it on the campaign trail that Bernie Sanders is the honest one talking about Medicare for all and saying that middle class taxes will rise. And so he just thinks Warren needs to explain that a little bit. But one of the splits I noticed that was emerging is this split between Democrats, some of whom say that the policies of Elizabeth Warren, to some extent Bernie Sanders, some of the more progressive candidates are idealistic and those who say that they're realistic. And we do see a majority now feel that Elizabeth Warren's plans are realistic. But having said that, the Biden folks and the Biden voters say that those Warren policies are, they describe them as as idealistic. That sounds like it's been tracking with the message that the Biden campaign is trying to put out there. Is that something that they're going to keep hammering as they head towards the debate? I think that's exactly right. We hear from both the Biden campaign and his supporters and people who are checking out Joe Biden still that that they want to live and, and push forward what they say are more realistic plans. They are worried about cost. And this is something that we hear Joe Biden talk about a lot. He it almost seems he keeps a a running tally of his um, competitors' plans in his mind and who says <laughs> how they're going to, going to pay for them. Him, His campaign and him, he, he talks a lot about how they view that the Democratic Party is much more in their lane of the Democratic Party than maybe some more of these uh, super progressive ideas that we have. They think the average Democratic voter is in, in these early states that they're trying to reach out to right now is more moderate. It's a Joe Biden voter. They think this is a way that they can peel off some Democratic supporters from maybe lower tier candidates that fit in that Joe 
Biden lane. And so that is one way that they are trying to um, enlarge their sphere of voters, especially when we start hearing all this momentum from Elizabeth Warren. Interesting. All right, Bo, I will let you catch your next flight heading on to that debate. Uh, but more to come. We will be we will be back in touch. But for uh, for now, thank you so much, Bo Erickson, CBS News campaign reporter. Um, really appreciate the time. Thank you, Anthony. That is going to wrap this episode of Where Did You Get This Number? I want to thank you for listening. Give us a rating, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Let me say thank you to everybody at CBS News Radio who helped make this possible. In particular, thanks to Alan Pang, my producer. Thanks to Maeve Burke for helping make this all work. And if you can at me, I am at Salvanto CBS on Twitter. And we are also at at where did you get this number? That's at WDYGTN. Send us your polling questions, send us your feedback. It is always welcome. And then in the meantime, we will talk again next week. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.